US jobs data is softer than expected in the US and markets are kind of assuming that the Fed is done for rate hikes now. And that thinking is held along by weaker services ISM data on Friday as well. No such expectations for the RBA tomorrow, though. So the US dollar is down. The Aussie dollar is up, held by strong retail trade volumes in Australia on Friday. So has the tide turned on bond yields coming down for good in the United States? We've asked that question before, but could this be it? It's Monday, the 6th of November, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar fell a full 1% on Friday, just as 10-year Treasury yields fell nine basis points. In fact, there was a a bond rally just about everywhere pushing yields down. Canadian yields were down 11 basis points. 10-year gilts down 10 in the UK. German bonds down seven basis points. Aussie 10 years were down to 4.72% on Friday and a few basis points lower than that on futures now. Against the falling US dollar, the euro is up 1%, the pound up 1.5%, the Aussie is up 1.25%, the yen up 0.7%, and optimism in the share market in the US, the Nasdaq up 1.4% on the day, up a full 6.6% last week. Uh, Friday also saw the S&P up 0.9%, the Dow up 0.7%, 0.3% for the DAX, a fall of 0.4% for the FTSE 100. And oil is down 2.4% lower for WTI, 2.3% for Brent, which is back down below 85 a barrel. So is the job done for the Fed? That is the big question, isn't it? Let's ask Nabs Rodrigo Catrill. The market seemed to think so. Uh, and obviously non-farm payrolls on Friday had a lot to do with that. 150,000 new jobs in October, down from almost 300,000 a month before. All of those falls in the private sector. This is exactly what the Fed wants to see, isn't it? Morning, Phil. Yes, um, certainly this, this notion that um, we've seen cooling of activity uh, in the in the US and particularly in the labor market um, has emboldened the market to, to the idea that uh, the Fed is done. Um, and as you mentioned now, we've seen yeah, those expectations for rate hikes near term reduced quite significantly. I think it's 10% now for January. But importantly, too, we're also seeing this idea of uh, rate cuts being brought forward. So now... Um, a, a rate cut in June next year is fully priced. Um, so um, just to give you a sense that, that, that the expectations of, of that um, rate cuts, you know, back in uh, the beginning of the month, um, you know, the market was only looking at 13 basis points of rate cuts by, by June next year. And now it's 34 or 35 basis points. So it's quite a significant move in terms of those expectations. And, and then, of course, as, as you mentioned, that that's played a big factor in terms of uh, the extension of the rally in, in, in yields that we've seen um, in, in the, uh, last week as well as weighing on, on, on the dollar and, and uh, the uptake in risk sentiment as well. So 150,000 jobs, that I think is about the same as the increase in the working age population in a, in, a, in a month. So in effect, there's no net increase in the number of jobs, you know, if you look at it on a per capita basis. But all the, but job, job earnings, average hourly earnings, up 0.2% month on month, which is down a little, but year on year, still at 4.1%. So, I mean, if the Fed wanted to, it could look and say, hey, we've still got a problem with this. Yes, no, that's a very good point. So when, when we look at the numbers, uh, yes, uh, there, there's been a decline in payrolls, uh, but the trend is still pretty solid. You know, the, the payrolls overall, pay, payrolls trend is 204,000 if you look at the, the last three months moving average uh, and 153,000 for, for the private sector. So it's still ticking along quite nicely. Um, 
But the, the, if you like, the, the direction of travel is the, the one that's very encouraging in the sense of um, the expectations and need for the labor market to cool in order for the, the, the Fed to, you know, stop hiking and, and start considering rate cuts. So in, in that regard, what is encouraging is the, the increase in that employment rate to 3.9%. Um, you know, back in April, it was 3.4%. Um, and many have, you know, quoting this historical relationship that if you see an increase of the unemployment rate of more than a half a percent, typically that means that the U.S. economy is heading into a recession, um, if not already in, in the start of one. So all, all these dynamics do favor the idea that, for one, the Fed is done and also that the Fed should be a bit cautious of hiking further from here because the if you like, the cooling wheels are already in motion and, um, and therefore we need to be mindful of, of not uh, exacerbating uh, that, that cooling. So we're hearing more of that now, aren't we? That question about have they already gone too far? And that surely is going to hold back even, you know, the, the, the central banks that we think have still got a way to go. I mean, they be may, may be looking and saying, well, oh, hang on, maybe we should look and see what happens in the US. There's a chance they have gone too far. We don't want to do the same thing. Yes, and the Table Mountain analogy comes comes into mm. yes, yeah, certainly, uh, and and you know in terms of activity, if you think of Europe, Europe's activities is is been a lot more subdued than what is in the US as well. So there are plenty of arguments for for other central banks to to become more reserved. Um, and I suppose the, the contrast of that, which we'll we'll touch on a little bit, is that in Australia, it's not quite the the case yet. Um, but uh, uh, importantly, too, I think we we also shouldn't. Uh, forget that central banks, particularly developed central banks, main task is to bring inflation down. So it's encouraging to see the labor market is cooling. Um, it's encouraging to see wages growth easing. So that's one number we didn't quote, which, you know, it is uh, the hourly, hourly, uh, <laughs> the av average hour earnings uh, declined to 0.2% month on month. So that's really good. And um, wages growth now 4.1 in the US. So again, yeah. that's that's a decline. I did, I did actually say that. I mean, the fact I know you I know you never listen to me, Rodrigo. I did actually <laughs> say that earlier on that the uh, that it's at four point one percent, which is, I'm saying is still you know still quite high, but it is coming down. So that's so that is you know a positive, isn't it? Yes. But the other side. But sorry, it, the point the point being is that mm. uh, you know uh, if we think about what's coming up. Those inflation numbers are the ones that are going to be really important. And there's still two more CPIs for, for this year before the Fed meets again. So so those are the ones that are going to be key. All of this information in terms of the cooling of the labor market is great, uh, but ultimately it's the inflation number that matters. And if we don't see uh, an extension of the downtrend that we've seen in recent months, um, then th that will challenge uh, the notion that the Fed is done. Another swift turnaround in, in markets, absolutely. So bond yields start shooting back up again. So, I mean, the other thing on Friday was the, the services ISM fell to 51.8 from 53.6. Uh, 53 was expected, so it's now at a five-month low. And in amongst all that, the employment sub-indices from 53.4 to 50.2. So even though new orders increased from 51.8 to 55.5, you know, seeing that weakness in the in the employment side of things. So sort of supporting those uh, uh, non-farm payroll numbers. And uh, also we got to remember the services side of the economy is way, way much bigger than, um, you know, the manufacturing one. So it is, it is again, a yet another indicator uh, that there's, there's the cooling in the economy and, and maybe that, you know, the Fed should be wary of, of you know, tightening further from here. Mm. Side effect out of all of this, I'm not quite sure whether it impacts the market too much 
right now, but I think the weaker the economy gets, the uh, the greater the chance Donald Trump uh, is going to be sitting in the uh, in in the White House. Because a New York Times poll over the weekend, Donald Trump in the lead to Joe Biden, forty eight percent to forty four. Fifty five percent of men said they'd vote for Donald Trump if there was an election now. So uh, that's that's the story for the second half of next year. Uh, Look, even a bigger fall in new jobs in Canada. 17,500 change in employment in October from almost 64,000 the month before. Full-time employment actually fell. Uh, I think about 3,000 fewer jobs. So, uh, yeah, does that mean the Bank of Canada is finished as well? Well, uh, it, we are we're also starting to, to see quite a significant cooling of, of economic activity in, in Canada. So it's a combination of not only just uh, weakness in the labor market, but also uh, a, a more sort of severe downturn in, in economic activity. So all of that favors the view that the, the Bank of Canada is likely done. Um, although, you know, you look at the details of inflation, and again, there's that, that evidence of stickiness, particularly in the services side. So um, it, it will likely keep the, the Bank of Canada on a, on a tightening bias, uh, but we don't think that it will deliver on that one, given, you know, the, the cooling of activity. Right. And currencies just being driven now by where we think central banks are going. Is that fair to say? So a weaker US dollar, a weaker Canadian dollar, a stronger Aussie dollar, uh, a stronger pound, um, uh, the euro up a little bit as well. Is that is that just reflecting uh, what, what everyone is expecting from the various central banks? Yes, and it's also a reminder that, you know, when it comes to central banks, not all central banks are equal. So this notion that the Fed is done and maybe potentially cutting next year has been the big driver of dollar weakness, which is being broad-based, you know, across the board. Um, and the likes of the OC and the Kiwi performing better um, because of that risk sensitivity that those currencies have. And, and also in the case of the Aussie, um, there's still those expectations that the RBA will still need to deliver at least one more rate hike. Yeah, possibly tomorrow. So the Most uh, likely. <laughs> yeah, so the retail trade numbers, the volume numbers on Friday, uh, maybe won't influence that. But I mean, just add that to the list of reasons why. So to complement the retail value numbers early in the week so not only are prices up volumes are up too so price is no object for a lot of aussie households it seems they are still shopping they are still shopping and um you know the the trends still um uh, you know above pre-pandemic levels um and a, a reminder that you know this sense that maybe the consumer is is spending less is is it is happening and particularly when you look at the good size of things uh but uh services is still in in high demand and, you know, it's not just a story of, of more immigration coming, um, uh, adding to that aggregate consumption. It's actually overall that the, the trend is still um, above pre-pandemic levels. So it's telling us that the consumer is still at a, a reasonable pace or elevated pace of consumption. So given that almost everything seems to now revolve around what central banks are going to do next today, uh, it seems, you know, a few central bank speakers are around. We've got to hang on there every word. I mean, they'll love that, won't they? Yes. Um, and I think obviously a lot of focus, particularly coming from, from the US, what do the central banks say? Um, we, we heard from Barkin, for instance, after the payroll numbers and uh, while he acknowledged that the, the, the cooling of the labor market was welcome, um, he's still very wary of, of those inflationary pressures and, and, and not yet ready to, to call time on, on the tightening cycle, which I think in general, that, that's probably likely to be the theme. No one's going to you know, be, um, if you like, as brave enough to say we are done here, given how elevated uh, some of those inflation readings are, and particularly those special core readings, which ticked up uh, last month. So, um, 
I think for now, the, the tightening bias will remain there, but acknowledgement that we are traveling in the right direction. So we've got a few from the uh, from the ECB and also Hugh Bill from the uh, Bank of England today. But also, uh, Governor Ureda from uh, Japan is talking today. We, we, we get some numbers. We get the labor cash earnings today and household spending as well. What Governor Ada says is going to be more interesting, though, isn't it? Because, I mean, the, the question is, you know, are they abandoning their uh, yield curve control? And, you know, what's next? Yes. Um, I mean, my, my sense here is that, um, that the labor cash earnings are probably going to be a reminder as why Governor Ueda um, is being very slow to, to move away from this ultra easy monetary policy. Uh, he's likely to remind us that whilst inflation is elevated in Japan, it's not the right kind of inflation. Um, he wants to see a demand-driven inflation where the labor market, in particular the consumer, drives that. Uh, and to see that, you need to see high wages. And at the moment in, in Japan, real wages are negative, you know, just over negative 2.4%, I think it is, and, uh, and real wages are climbing at 1%. And, and ideally, he wants to see those real wages uh, heading towards 2%. So we're not there yet in terms of that requirement for, for the bank to be certain that they're away from this deflationary um, uh, you know, mindset, uh, and therefore more time is needed. All right, very good. Uh, well, we'll see what the week brings us. Good to talk. We'll catch you again soon, Rodrigo. Thank you. Thanks, Phil. Cheers. And by the way, if you are enjoying The Morning Call, if you get something out of it every morning, don't forget to rate us on the podcast platform that you listen to us on, whether it's Apple or Spotify. The episode always gets published faster on Spotify, by the way. Uh, but your ratings and reviews are always welcome. And that's it for today. Till tomorrow, I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Thanks for listening. <laughs>